0: Welcome to On Frame. This is Glenn Crooks on Saturday afternoon at Orlando City Stadium. The hometown Lions and New York City FC played to a 2-2 draw. City took the 2-0 lead at halftime on goals that came out of the midfield. Ebenezer Ofori with an MLS Goal of the Week candidate from 25 yards. And Alex Ring, he scored inside the area. However, goals by Chris Mueller and Tesho Akindele made it one point for both sides in their regular season opener. Starting for City, a couple of players who are hoping to contribute in a more prominent way in 2019... 21-year-old winger Jonathan Lewis and 19-year-old midfielder James Sands. I spoke to head coach Domé Toron about those two in a pre-game briefing and how the
1: 2-1 loss to Orlando City just 10 days earlier in the preseason impacted his choices. About Jonathan is because when I choose, uh, it's not for Jonathan. Uh, when uh, uh, asked me about that last year, it's about I choose the best players in, in every single moment. And he showed me in the precision, he's ready to play, especially uh, against these teams because we can use the spaces if they play in the same way the last game, the friendly games. And that is the reason why. But uh, I'm very happy with the, the whole team because Jesus is Matati, uh, has a, uh, can be the, could be. Uh, play uh, some minutes because uh, they play really well uh, in the precision as well but i decided to play with jonah because he's our fastest players right now and and if they play in the same way we can use the spaces that is the reason why in the the, the the another reason why because he training really well and when the people told me about that i say all the time the same i choose the players uh, about the performance in the training season
0: The other uh, young guy that uh, people are generally interested in to see what you're thinking and how you're using him is James Sands. And we talked about the midfield a little bit, but Sands getting the start too.
1: For me, uh, I I, I said last year, he's uh, our feature. Sometimes uh, Jimmy plays, sometimes uh, doesn't play. But uh, uh, he has especially uh, uh, a good quality for us. He... Uh, he control all the time what happen in, in, in the pitch. He's a young player, but because he's a clever clever player for us, and it's the same for Jonah. Uh, I for Jona, uh, when I uh, showed uh, the the last three or four training sessions and uh, he played really well. I decided to play with him because uh, we have, it's my opinion, we have more control when when, when he play. Sometimes the next, uh, every every single uh, game is different. And the next game we play uh, our, uh, at home against another team DC, and maybe uh, I decide to play with uh, another players. The, the most important thing is everybody has to be ready to uh, to play in our team. Sands
0: was ready, and he played the role of deep-lying midfielder often seen between the centre-backs Maxime Chennault and Alexander Collins. I spoke with the club's very first homegrown afterward about that and being on the field with a former Manchester United star. The way you played allowed Alex Ring and Ebenezer Afori maybe to get closer to the goal. Well, not maybe. They both scored.
2: <laughs> what would you think of the Afori strike? I mean, he does that a ton in training, so I think... That's something we can look forward to more the rest of the season. And same thing for Alex. I think both last year used more defensively, but they definitely both have a lot of quality going forward as well.
0: And that's interesting because we haven't seen that out of a four, those that just see the matches and don't see
2: training. So this is not something that's that unusual? It's not new to any of us, Just, but I think we will see it more in games if he does get that opportunity to play a little higher up.
0: How do you uh, look ahead now? Uh, you get the home opener against uh,
2: D.C. United. What do you think some of the uh, important things to uh, to work on this week are? Uh, I think it's just going to be big for us to start well at home, so we have to have a good week of training. But obviously we did really well at home last year, and I think that was... That was pretty key for us to kind of remain at the top of the table. but So I think that's one of the most important things, especially in a league where it's hard to get uh, points on the road. It's really important to get those wins at home.
0: One more question. I'm curious as to whether you watched Nani at all. I sometimes forget how young you are, and when he played for Man U, maybe you weren't aware of it then, but uh, did, did, did you kind of recognize that when he entered the field kind of? What that meant?
2: Yeah, no, I definitely watched him on TV when I was little, so it was just kind of a surreal feeling actually being able to defend him. And then you kind of get a sense of how good he was when he did play for Menu, And obviously he still has a lot of that quality left.
0: One of Nanny's first touches resulted in an assist on a game-tying goal by Akindele. To talk more about the game and review some of the aspects, uh, I'd like to welcome in my broadcast partner from this New York City FC Orlando City match, He's Paul Shaw, longtime professional player in England. He's the color commentator on the regional telecasts for Orlando City, and he's also the technical director of Orlando City Youth Soccer. Well, Paul, welcome. How are you?
3: Good. Very good. Thank you, Glenn.
0: Good to chat with you again, and I'm just curious uh, when the final whistle blew, it's a 2-2 draw. What was your response? What was your reaction? What did you say to us in the postgame?
3: Personally, I thought it was a very good game. Um, two good teams, I think, that that went at it. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think uh, a draw was a fair result. I think, obviously, both teams are going to probably finish the game maybe slightly disappointed from New York's sake. Obviously, they were 2-0 two, two up and, um, and and playing well and looked like being control of the game. And from an Orlando City standpoint, obviously, getting back to 2-2, but then, Maybe missing out uh, on on a penalty at the end, they'll be slightly disappointed. But overall, I thought it was a very good first game of the season.
0: Yeah, and I went back and watched a good portion of it again. And on the New York City side first, uh, Alexandru said We talked a lot about him, the uh, Romanian who is a DP, came in at eight point five million dollars reportedly. And uh I, I thought that. He was a bit quiet maybe as we watched the game and talked to Domé Toron afterwards about it and said he's not 100% fit yet. But I went back and watched it, and he delivered some passes that wow! That one that he freed uh, Maxi Morales on in the second half, which could have made it three-one, a, a breakaway and, and a big yep. save uh, for Brian Rowe on, on the Morales shot. But uh, what do you think of Matriza?
3: Yeah, and I, th- I agree with you. I think you know he had flashes where you could really see his quality. You know, he without doubt is going to be a big player in this league, a big big player for for New York moving throughout the season, but uh, he probably didn't have as many touches in really, really threatening areas as he would, he would want. Um, but you can see, you know, he's a player that's going to be very creative. He's going to score goals. I'm sure he's going to assist on an awful lot throughout the season and a big player for them. He's, he, he just wants to get the ball in, in good areas and make things happen. So, you know, I think for new New York, he's a, he's a big, big sign. He's only going to get better once he obviously understands this league he understands the intricacies and obviously gets to know his his teammates uh, even more because he's, he's not been at New York for too long. So, you know, I think he's going to get better and he's going to be a big, big player in this league.
0: Well, Alex Ring, the captain for New York City, uh, made public comments that uh, people can't uh, expect too much out of him too early. But he did assist on the Alex Ring goal, which put New York City up 2-0 in the first half. That was right at the death of halftime. And Ebenezer Afori, 13th minute in. The, the midfielder who was mo- used almost exclusively in a, in a defensive role or a number six role in his first season last year, he steps up and smacks a shot uh, that shocked everyone, I think. Will Johnson, it looked like Will Johnson just stepped aside to, and allowed the shot, but I, I, I think I shared this with you after the match. I talked to James Sands, and, and he said none of us are surprised. We see him do that every day in training. Evides or a fourie, maybe he'll be more in a in the attacking midfield role this year. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, he shows that he can obviously do that. You know, I think the way that New York was set up with James Sands being the number six and being so deep, obviously did free up a and freed up a, a ring a little bit more. And uh, and they did obviously both produce. You know, they both got goals and both obviously played played well. And I think for a in that position um, at that point, you know, he was in space maybe 25 yards out and he thought why not hit the shot and he hit it really well and I think you know at the time we were both looking maybe you know maybe Brian Rowe could have done better but I think it was just a very good strike in a really good position he put it right in the corner off the post very difficult for the goalkeeper to save it It was a, it was a really good strike
0: and that was the opening goal of the match. But then Orlando City, second half, come back and, and equalize. And the, the goal, uh, the equalizing goal was the, the, the one uh, where uh, Nani made his debut, much anticipated, and Dom Dwyer, who hadn't played a minute in the preseason, was involved in the Tesho Kindele goal that tied it up. So there, was a, there were a lot of good things that happened in that sequence. What did you see?
3: Yeah, I think I think for Orlando, it was it, it, it's a, it's tough for them at the moment. Where, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding surrounding Nani. There's obviously big time players as well, like Dom Dwyer, but they're they're not really fit at the moment. So you have a Dom Dwyer, as you mentioned, who's not really done a thing in preseason. This past week was his first week of training, and Nani with the, with the transfer, with you know getting his papers, and he was carrying a little knock. But both on the bench so obviously when they both came in you know Orlando were down in the game and uh, I think you could see the quality with with Nani straight away you know he he didn't try and complicate the game you know he played a played a very very simple ball which seemed simple at the time to to Dom Dwyer but it was really effective and it released Dom Dwyer who obviously played a very good ball across for um a for the goal and so you know that was that was really positive for Orlando City because if you look at those two players, they're going to be two really important players for those for, for Orlando move, movement throughout the season. If they can get them both fit um, and firing, then they could they could have a decent year, which is going to be obviously very important for Orlando.
0: So, how much discussion, if you know, has there been around the apparent Maxime Cheneau handball, or was it? Uh, on the Dom Dwyer where he, he got the service from Mueller and headed it down effectively. It appeared that Chinot moved the arm a little bit, but I, I, I would imagine that uh, there, there's, been, well, there's been a lot of discussion nationally about it, and uh, then the VAR went to the monitor. What did you think after seeing it a few more times?
3: Yeah, I think, I think the frustrating part for, for everybody is, is I think um, you know if the referee misses it initially during the game, then I think we all understand. The game's very quick. These things happen. Once um, the VAR or the video assistant referee calls him to take a look at it, then there's obviously that they've seen something. The video assistant referee has seen something. So for for then Toledo to look at it and um, not give a penalty is puzzling because one thing you look at it is, Chanot's arm is slightly away from his body. The ball does strike his arm, and so when 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 that happens, I understand what Toledo said in in his in his post post game comments. He's saying, well, it wasn't intentional, and I, and I of course no no handball. Very few handballs are actually intentional. But when your arm is away from your body like that, and the ball strikes your arm, you're right in the middle of the, of the box there. I, in my opinion, it has to be a penalty. You know, I don't know how you can you can look at it again on the monitor and, and say it wasn't a penalty. Now, I think from Orlando's point of view, there is some frustration. They were on the wrong end of some some decisions by Toledo last year as well in some games. Um, so there's that frustration. But you know, at the end of the day, you know he he didn't give it. Um, you know, and obviously you know it, it did affect the game and it did affect the, the ending of the game. These things that, as you hope throughout the whole season, uh, end up uh, the evening itself out anyway.
0: Yeah, so it ended a 2-2 two, two draw. Would want to get your thoughts on, on a couple other things that happened uh, over the, the weekend. And uh, you've got Orlando City going to Chicago uh, for the uh, Fires home opener. Chicago opening up on the road, and uh, the Galaxy beat the Fire 2-1. To, to me, the story in this game, Paul, uh, was a 16-year-old, Efron Alvarez. He's making his debut, came in as a substitute, played a half hour, and was involved in both goals as the Galaxy came back from behind.
3: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, one one thing that, that, that's great to see is a, is a club like Galaxy are promoting the, these young players. And, you know, it's the first time I've seen Alvarez, and, you know, he came into the game, he looked extremely confident. You're talking about a 16-year-old, he comes into a game confident and and look, looking to make an, make an effect on the game and he, he did that straight away you know i think his his is creativity around the box was really good he created the first goal and he had a hand in the second goal as well and i think when you have somebody like zlatan ibrahimovic coming out publicly, publicly over and over again in the in the last you know week to 10 days saying how impressed he is uh, with this young lad then He must be good. You know, I'm sure Zlatan's seen an awful lot of young players come through at many different big clubs that he's been at. Uh, When he's pointing him out and saying that he's an extremely talented young player at 16 years old, then I'm sure he is, and I'm sure he's got a really bright future.
0: There's a, uh, a goal scorer who has returned to the league and to Seattle named Jordan Morris. His first goal since August of 2017. He had a pair of goals as uh, Seattle uh, beat FC Cincinnati, uh, making their debut as the expansion side here in 2019. But uh, Jordan Morris, what are your recollections of him, and how much of an impact can he have with uh, Seattle and in this league?
3: Look, he can have a he can have a massive impact. He's such a dynamic player. I think the important part, firstly, is that is that he comes back from his injury and his healthy. I think that that's the most important thing because he's such a good player and and to have such a bad injury so young, you know, you you're never quite sure how they're going to re- respond from that and how they're going to come back and you just hope for a player like him that he does come back fit and healthy. You know, pace and his athleticism is such an important part to to his game. So, you know, he looked fit, he looked strong. Um, he looked quick. He didn't look like he'd lost any of his pace, and he looked hungry. And uh, you know, it's so good for him, for the league, for the US in general, that you know he, he's back fit. And uh, again, I don't think everybody should get too carried away. You know, he's going to have his ups and downs. You know, he he did very well at the weekend. You know, he may have may 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 have some periods where he struggles again. This is going to happen to firstly a young player, but also a player that's coming back from such a bad injury. But It's just great to have him back. I'm sure Seattle are really good, really pleased to have him back. He's a big part of their team, and he he could add that extra bit of X factor to them and make them an extremely strong team. I was really impressed with with uh, Seattle
0: and uh, Jordan Morris named the MLS Player of the Week. Uh, out in the Pacific Northwest, huge win for a friend of yours, Adrian Heath, who started his MLS coaching career in Orlando City. Minnesota defeats Vancouver 3-2, to Mark Dos Santos, his coaching debut with the Whitecaps. And uh, Minnesota, we know, will open up a new stadium. It's Allianz Field, April the 13th, and their opponent, after this five-game road trip ends, it's going to be New York City FC. A lot of games on the road for Adrian Heath and his side.
3: Yeah, but I think they've they've got a very good roster now. I I, I think they've had a couple of years into this league, and they've obviously found it tough at the beginning and gradually built. And you know, firstly they've got a fantastic coach. You, you know, he's such a knowledgeable football man um, that that you know he will uh, as as long as they bring in good players, he will make them better and he'll make Minnesota better for sure. And you know, I think bringing in somebody like uh, Ozzy Alonzo, who they brought in, in in the close season, I think is a great signing. He's one of these players that just seems to make other players better. He does his job. He understands his role in the team, and he's been so so successful with Seattle for many many years. And they've decided to 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 move him on. I think it, you know him going into Minnesota could be a really good signing for them. And he's just one of these that just really sort of fits every, everything together and they're going to have Kevin Molino back fit, uh, uh, hopefully in the, in the next month to six weeks. to you know, another player that played at Orlando City and I know him well. He's a very dynamic player. Hopefully, he comes back back from his injury strong. And if they add him to to what already they have, they could be strong this year, in Minnesota. And uh, you know, you know, I don't I don't think many people would really really given them, you know, too much credence to to finish in high up in in the Western Conference standings. But I think they'll do well. You know, I think they've got a really good team now there. And as you said, going into their new stadium, it's exciting times for them.
0: All right, Paul, I got one more game to ask you about. We're with Paul Shaw here on Frame. DC United defeat the defending MLS Cup champions Atlanta 2-0, driving rain. And uh, we're going to have Emily Olson from Pro Soccer USA on in a moment to describe that game and also preview uh, D.C. United coming up to Yankee Stadium to play New York City FC. But an impressive win. Uh, What stood out uh, for you in in that match?
3: Well, I I just think that they're a team that are going to get stronger and stronger as well. They had a very, very good second half of the season last year, D.C., Obviously, the adding of, of Wayne Rooney, who seems to have a great partnership um, association with um, Acosta, there um, they're just, they're just a strong group. And you know, they've added a couple of players as well. And you know, I, w- I was not surprised. I must admit, you know, even though Atlanta, we know how good they are. You know, they've got the Champions League at the moment. They've got a new coach, and I wasn't surprised that DC DC beat them. And I, and I, and I think it's they're going to go through a little bit of a transitional period, a tough period atlanta with everything that they've got going on but for dc again i just think they just need to keep moving on again the same as minnesota i think they've got an outstanding coach in ben olsen knows the league like the back of his hand he's just very very experienced and uh, you know going into their new stadium last year just just transformed them um so i think they're going to be a strong team through for, for the eastern conference this year
0: all right paul paul shaw former pro player in England. He's a color commentator on the regional telecast of Orlando City. So on ESPN+, Plus, you'll hear him a lot this year. Also the technical director of Orlando City Youth Soccer. Paul, it's been a pleasure. It was great to meet you and do the broadcast with you, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Well, taking a look at the next match for New York City FC, it'll be their home opener against D.C. United. First, I wanted to tell you that, and this is cool, it's the second annual event. Uh, The club, along with Rockefeller Center, hosting their uh, second annual 24-hour game right in front of 30 Rock. There were over 700 New Yorkers last year. They're forming these teams of five versus five. Uh, the scoreline at the end, there There were two teams. It was 415 to 382. That was the result last year, so not for a lack of goals. And this year it's Team Ring for Alex Ring versus Team Maxi for Maxi Morales. Uh, you can still register. Uh, there are slots to play, apparently, at www.24hourgame.com. So, Emily Olson, you're coming up. You're covering for Pro Soccer USA Uh, You are the DC United correspondent. You got to get you got to get up in time for this marathon, man. Maybe get a kick around in.
4: I know. Clearly, I need to uh, change my train tickets a little bit. That sounds awesome. I know you talked about it before, but I I definitely that sounds. Like a really cool event up there.
0: Well, what they do is they build a soccer, a sm- little small uh, soccer field, uh, uh, obviously large enough for five v five. It's just like a one of these mini pitches that they they've built throughout the city. Uh, they're they're going to build up to fifty of them by the time it's all over. But and then uh, so the crowd can look, and it's right, you know, it's right in Rockefeller Center. It's so cool, and and it's they did the same thing for the World Cup uh, last summer. Where uh, they did a, a, a they called it a New York City Cup, and once again it was it was supporters, it was people that lived in the five boroughs. Uh, they could be from Jersey, could have been from Connecticut, came down and played these games. But, but but was additionally very impressive and cool was they had these huge two huge video screens, so people were there with with the stands and the bleachers to watch all the World Cup games. It was. Uh, they do they do it right, and this thing this thing is fun. But uh, DC United did it right in their opener, Emily. I mean MLS Cup champions Atlanta come into Audi Field, which has become a, a bit of a well, a bit of a fortress, I think, in its early stages for DC United. But the two nil win, a pretty convincing win. What was uh, the the initial takeaway? I know you're uh, at training today. We're recording this on Tuesday.
4: Yeah, I want to apologize in advance if you hear any um, shouts or anything like that. I I am at training. But, yeah, I mean, you can't do much better than recording the only shutout of the weekend and doing it against the defending MLS champions. I mean, not only was it the shutout and against MLS champions? but I the way that they did it was convincing. It was um, an impressive full team performance um, on the two goals, but mostly defensively shutting down um, Atlanta there in the opening weekend.
0: You know I, we get a vote for uh, who we think is the MLS player of the week and I, I know Jordan Morris won it. Uh, we, we've talked about him a bit uh, with his couple of goals and uh, I did not see that full match, only the highlights, but I watched the entire D.C. United match. My number one was Lucia Acosta. I mean, he had an assist on the areola goal a minute into stoppage time uh, in the first half, then scored the 58th minute, which uh, kind of put it away. But he was, he was tremendous.
4: Yeah, with the, two, with the help that he did on offense, but, I mean, if you watched him throughout the game and you kind of tracked him there, he was just an absolute pit bull on defense, making sure he was stopping plays where he could, helping out. Um, something that was said preseason by Coach Ben Olsen is that if this kid comes back, and I say kid, uh, he's a 24-year-old, comes back and just steps up his game and continues to grow, just watch out because um, the maturity that he has shown since joining DC United has grown exponentially.
0: Well, the maturity had to grow to handle a certain situation. What are, was there any impact at all? All the uh, PSG talk and how did that affect him personally? Was there anything evident as to how it might have uh, made the uh, the mood or or anything any any tension surrounding that at all?
4: Well, I've been talking to the club, his teammates, his coaches throughout the preseason and throughout the ordeal, as well as to him and everyone's very open about it now. You know, it was a really cool opportunity that could have happened it didn't he's back with DC United now Um, the team itself you know has to work with his agents to figure out um, you know what's the next step as far as keeping him or you know not letting him walk for free that's for sure Um, but as far as his focus on the field you saw it you saw it against Atlanta he is he's back with this team he's focused on this team he has that professional soccer mentality where he is he's in the game and he's ready to give it for DC United Um, and you know what? I think that there's even a little bit of a um, <laughs> the cliched chip on his shoulder there.
0: Yeah, the conditions for that game, I think it rained from start to finish, didn't it?
4: Yeah, it was miserable. Were it was you, were, absolutely. Were you under cover, Emily? Oh yeah, it's not like uh, it's not like Red Bulls where it's an open press <laughs> press box. I'm very thankful for it. Um, we had the glass windows closed and it was it was warm inside, so I guess I can't complain too much. But I mean, seeing looking from the inside looking out that rain did not let up from kickoff to even two hours post game. And it was, it was that miserable type of weather where it was raining and it was bitter cold, but it was just over the freezing point where it wasn't snow. So it was just cold, damp rain that makes your jersey heavy, your cleats heavy, the the ground a mess. Um, luckily though, something that um, the players did mention is Audi Fields field is uh, a couple steps above what they're used to at RFK. Um, so even though there were p- uh, puddles that slowed down the ball, it was it, it held up through through 90 minutes.
0: I heard a chuckle in your voice there when you described RFK, so uh, understood. Uh, But it was no Colorado Portland, but (laughs) maybe it was two or three degrees away from that. Who knows? Uh, Yeah, uh, two two or three
4: degrees, and I I think that there would have been a couple inches of snow on the field.
0: That's wild. Emily Olson, Pro Soccer USA. She covers D.C. United. New York City's opponents this Sunday, the home opener for NYC, the last game D.C. United played at Yankees Stadium, they got the victory, but it was uh, a limited attacking performance for them. They really struggled at Yankees Stadium. What's the talk, uh, if there is any yet, uh, about this one?
4: Well, D.C. United doesn't have that great of a, um, you know, they struggle when they go to Yankee Stadium, um, which is true of a lot of teams. But they also struggle on the road, and and that was something that uh, Wayne Rooney addressed preseason. Is that the one area that they really need to focus on is being good away from home, which we all know is difficult in this league. But they're they're really trying to focus in on, um, you know, putting up some more goals. And I think uh, some of the help there will be through uh, Lucas Rodriguez, the former Estudiante player that they got on loan in the offseason, um, will kind of help out there a little bit and definitely expect a lot more between uh, Rooney and Lucio.
0: Yeah, and uh, Rodriguez, uh, he, he certainly had some uh, flashes in his debut in an MLS match in that opener, a lot of pace. And a couple of other changes, too. The uh, the right-back Hadra, who uh, I think uh, Ben Olsen uh, had made statements during the offseason that how critical it was you know, to get a fullback in because he wanted Areola, you know, up closer to goal and more forward uh, in the attack, and uh, it, it worked uh, pretty close to perfection in terms of what Ben Olson probably desired.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually working today, which is when we're recording it, on a story on Hara and his relationship and how he kind of opened up the field for Areola. So you can check that out on Pro Soccer USA later this week.
2: About um, that. Well, yeah. there's there's the setup. <laughs>
4: But but just a little preview there. Yeah, he was a huge huge um, contribution to this team in the off season. You mentioned that need for a fullback. <laughs> the uh, right back situation got. So bad last situation, last year that they had to kind of push Ariola back into that right back role. Um, and even more so in the offseason, having uh, Nick DeLeon go to Toronto, that took away even one more option. So, um, Leo Hara was definitely more of a need than a um, want this offseason.
0: Well, uh, and Ariola's performance and how he uh, took apart Breck Shea is certainly going to give Frank DeBoer some pause as to what he might do at left back maybe from match to match anyway because Ariola was uh, really influential in this result well emily what stood out most to you about the game i mean it's a great start obviously you're home you win you beat the mls cup champions the defenders even though a couple of players were sitting that would normally play at the start like gressel uh perhaps and and P- pity martinez we know is going to be a full-time player but but what, what's your takeaway
4: what stood out to me the most was how complete this performance was for a first game of the season. Um, they, they brought back a core group from last year with those two additions, the two new guys being the two Argentinians um, in Rodriguez and Hara joining the team and kind of, you know, there was some hiccups, there's some learning curve there, um, but they just, they looked more like week three or week four or a team that actually you know knows what's going on knows what direction and and truly building off the success um that they had down the stretch last season
0: well the dc united goalkeeper made some headlines i'm wondering were you present when bill hamid made the comments uh, regarding brad guzan basically saying hey i'm a much better goalkeeper
4: so actually, and I'm gonna lower my voice a little bit because I'm over by the goalkeepers right now. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> but those comments. Hey,
0: bring were... him over. Bring him over. Let's <laughs> well, see if we can ask a couple of questions. Go ahead.
4: I'm sure. I'm sure he would chat with you for sure. He's uh, a. <laughs> he's always a good quote. But um, no, I actually wasn't present because those Guzan quotes, to my knowledge, um, Hamid said at media day, um, which was back in January and in Los Angeles. So it was on the piggyback of not. Selected for the U.S. national team, trying to exude some of that confidence and show where he is as far as the national team standings go. Um, so I thought it was interesting, you know, the time and place to release that article. But I mean, he's a confident guy. If you've if you've seen him over, gosh, a decade with DC United, you know you know who he is. He's um, goalkeepers in themselves are a different breed, but he's even further, you know, kind of that lone wolf confidence showing that he can do it and he's a leader and you know what there's nothing wrong with a hunger towards wanting to be in that U.S. national team um, lineup so I was not there for the comments um, but I did find them very interesting
0: they were interesting and uh, Brad Guzan uh, was uh, not particularly kind in his response Uh, And he mentioned the goalkeepers union. It's, It's like, you don't do this. You're in the goalkeepers union, having respect for your colleagues, having respect for the position, carrying yourself in a professional way. These are all quotes now. Some of us maybe lack in some of those areas. Who knows where this will go from here. But you're right. Keepers need to be confident. But they are part of this goalkeeper's unit. He might have gotten kicked out of I those know. comments. He <laughs> might. I know. He might,
4: he might be on the outside of that club for a little bit, got his membership you know, temporarily suspended. But, I mean, just as much as he showed his confidence, I think uh, Guzan did the same by responding, especially on a night that, you know, he had two goals scored on him. You can't do anything about the Luciano one where it skips over. But, you know, that's just as much confidence, personally, I think, to come out and, and defend yourself yet again um, after a performance where, you know, Hamid's team did beat you.
0: D.C. United out shooting Atlanta United 17-9, to 9, although the possession statistics were in favor of the five stripes. The defending MLS Cup champions... Unable to open in a positive way. D.C. United on their way to Yankee Stadium, where they'll face New York City FC off the high of this victory. Uh, Emily, uh, thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to seeing you up in the Bronx. Get there a day early, man, for the marathon, I'm telling you.
4: Please tell me that it's a little bit warmer up there, or make sure that it's a little bit warmer. Right now, it's uh, it's pretty cold in D.C., so...
0: I. Uh, you bring your wool socks, that's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Emily right, Olson thanks. from Pro Soccer USA. And that'll do it for On Frame, a new episode every week from Pro Soccer USA. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe on iTunes and tune in, and let us know what you think. This is Glenn Crooks. Enjoy your week of soccer.